Hi, welcome to Billboard Happiness. I'm Laura Scholes Bedeker, a copywriter and brand consultant living in Oakland, California, with my husband and our 13 year old daughter, and two dogs and four chickens. And I'm Dr. Jerome Burt. I'm a clinical psychologist with a practice in Nashville, Tennessee. Laura and I have been best friends since high school, and now we're doing a podcast. Yeah. Billboard Happiness takes the best advice on happiness and health from the smartest people and turns it into short, easy-to-communicate nuggets of wisdom that your kid will actually listen to. Well, let's get to it. Hey, Jerome. Hey, Laura. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've been thinking about you today. Um, it's like, I think, Laura, when I was doing my long ass, wonderful run in the rain on the trails, I felt so white, you know, <laughs> playing with people's dogs and shit, running with my shirt off in the rain. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> certified white boy. Um, but, um, Anyway, no, I was thinking like, I think you are an intentional mother, a oh. very intentional mother. Mm, I, I like the sound of that. What oh, do you, so what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you're just, you're good at it. You're, you take it very seriously. You know, it's mm. like you do everything in your life. You take everything in your life very seriously. And I know that this might not sound like a compliment, but um it's sort of like Martha Stewart, you know, like she makes a big deal out of doing the laundry, you know, so it's like, mm. well, let's see how we can make doing the laundry interesting and turns it into an ordeal. And I kind of experienced you the same way as like, you know, modeling for your daughter, how to live deliberately and intentionally. She will never see you not trying to get the most out of every moment. Oh, I, I welcome the comparison to Martha Stewart. Um, oh, cool. And I am feel very flattered that you think of me that way. I mean every bit of it, but you know, like what's the down, what's the downside? What's the other side, the dark side of being an intentional mother, Ooh. you know, from the kid's perspective. Well, you're not, you're not fun. You, you can come off as not fun and have kind of that lightness of being spontaneous, mm -hmm. like kind of the things that you remember from being a kid were those kind of weird spontaneous moments yeah. that don't fit your parents' character. I'm trying mm -hmm. to think of one. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but yeah, there's probably less of that in our lives than intentionality yeah yeah okay i got that it's sort of like black kids always want to grow up and they we want our moms to be like white moms you know <laughs> Real, wait what does that mean <laughs> i don't know black moms are just a lot more serious about mummying i think and mm. they don't fuck around and they are serious about it and you know and they 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 have they're on a schedule and so they don't give you all the time in the world to <laughs> um just i don't know any of my friends whose mom sat in the mall of memphis parking lot while the the kids walked around the mall you know 
Actually, I just did that last night. Nora had her friend Morgan over to spend the night for the first time in months and months, which was amazing. And uh, I, after I cooked them impossible burgers for dinner, I took them down to the little pickleball court and I let them play pickleball while I sat there and read my <laughs> New Yorker magazine. <laughs> like they could walk there. They like, but well, maybe maybe if they'd have had cell phones back then and they could talk to their sisters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. That's true. Yeah, it was. And I did find it delightful to like hear them laughing while uh -huh. I'm reading. And it it was fun. I, I don't uh, I don't begrudge them that at all. It was a lot of fun. Nice. 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 <sighs> well, um, well, go ahead. Again, happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the, the book we're going to talk about today um, is she's a famous author in the self-help world. If you're if you've dabbled in that at all, if your bookshelf looks even an eighth like mine, you probably have a Martha Beck book on your bookshelf. If, if you're not familiar with her, she's one of the first life coaches. She was one of the OG life coaches and she is a big Oprah person. Like she was yes. kind of like a Dr. Phil or a, um, Iyana, what's her name? Iyana. 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 Anyway, yeah. she's, she's a, an Oprah person from way back. And I've read several of her books along the way. And, um, her most recent book is the one that we're going to be talking about today. It's called the way of integrity. And I listened to this. I got it on audible a few weeks ago. And as soon as I finished listening to it, I started it over. <laughs> it's one of those kind of books, especially when you're hearing it. It, for me, listening is not the same as reading in terms of absorption. Um, but I knew it was one of those that I wanted to get through. I wanted to really read it quickly and I can just listen more than I have more time to listen than I have to sit down and read. Anyway, it is, I thought it was uh, just a really important book for me. And I think it has a lot of great lessons for kids, which is of course why we're here. And just by way of explanation, the way of integrity, she means the word integrity, not in kind of the living with integrity, honesty, transparency way. She means it in like more like structural integrity. She likens it to an airplane, you know, like when, when you're in an airplane, like one little thing, one little piece of metal blows off the airplane and you you could be in a world of hurt, you know, but planes have structural integrity that keeps them on course. Um, and sorry, Jerome, I'm kind of talking a lot here. We'll yeah, you're talking and blowing my mind because <laughs> I read the notes from the book. I do think that she is a very important contributor to the self-help world and the such. And I read your notes from this book. I didn't read the book. Mm -hmm. And um, and I I didn't get that. I didn't hear that piece about, you know, it's more about your... being whole than yes. it, it is about telling the truth. Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because I think in the notes I sent you is, is not this, but she tells a lot of personal stories along the way, which really are, 
are interesting enough for the book without even any kind of self-helpy stuff. Cause she's, she was raised in Utah as a Mormon. Her father was a minister. Um, she ended up going to Harvard and coming out as gay. And like, there's a lot in her life that she has had. She's learned these lessons very much the hard way. Um, but yes, but one of the things that she does in her own finding her own way to integrity was she made a, a vow to herself um, at the beginning of like January 1st of, of a, one year, many years ago, she was not going to tell a lie the entire year. Mm. No mm. lies, no white lies, no gray lies, no black lies, no lies whatsoever. And that kind of set her, it caused her to leave the church. It caused her to leave her marriage. Like, it set off this domino effect. So to your point, lying to yourself and to others is very much a part of this way of integrity in both the integrity, honesty way and in the structural integrity way mm -hmm. to her mind. Leaves a hole. If you are a gay teenager and you're in denial of that, it's going to leave a hole if yeah. you try to act straight. How do you teach um, a kid though, to that, that may not have that much e enough, um, ego strength to mm. accept the, the reality that Princeton didn't accept you, mm. you know, that you didn't make the cut. Um, there were better candidates, uh, and them not, turn it back on themselves and say, I guess I'm not smart enough, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly don't know the answer to that. And I don't, I'm not sure what Martha would say either, but it's, I think though, the answer is always to feel like you, or to kind of come to the, come to a way of understanding life that um, this, this wasn't my path. If that's what happened, this wasn't my path. What is the path that then that I need to be open to? Um, and that does soften it. That's a nice rationalization, mm -hmm. you know, to make the most of the lemons, you know, yeah. turn the lemons into lemonade. Um, and how do you teach a kid to simultaneously understand that that's what they're doing and to keep themselves energized and um, versus saying like a 35 on the ACT just didn't just didn't do it these days baby yeah again I don't know the answer to that I think I mean one of the things that she talks about is this dropping resistance Mm -hmm. to what's happening. Like if you're able, and we've talked about this before, like um, responding rather than reacting or just really like, okay, this is what's happening right now. This is what is. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to breathe in, breathe out and mm -hmm. look for the next step. That's and right. it obviously is not a a solution, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a way of in the moment kind of, and she does talk about this great, um, she talks about this one degree turns, like how life usually doesn't come 
at you with these great ahas that the before and the after, like everything was bad and now it's good or everything was good and now it's bad. Sometimes that happens, but usually we live life and make changes in our lives, um, good or bad by what she calls one degree turns. So just little decisions day by day Mm -hmm. can get you going in a different direction again, good or bad. Um, Mm -hmm. so you can always make a decision, um, to choose something that's better for you. Like in that example of, you know, not getting into Princeton, you know, what, what one thing could you do to kind of get your head out of your ass and like figure out what's next, like make one decision, do one thing that day. Um, And, or raising your kid to that is maybe the answers. It's like, well, I wonder what will come out of this. I wonder Mm. where you will land now that, you know, you put so much into trying to be there. I wonder what will happen next. We never know. I like that. That's not a rationalization. That's not saying that. I mean, I don't guess that's doctoring anything or resisting anything. Um, It's just like, I wonder what next. Yeah. And it's bringing that curiosity mm-hmm. to, and kind of, I mean, I think that's a great way to approach it. Like teaching kids, like teaching kids to kind of wire their brain to look for, oh, wow. I wonder what's going to happen. Oh, I wonder. I think that's a, cause kids are so concrete, right? Often they're very black and white. And I think it is hard. Well, it's hard for all of us, I think, to be in the limbo of the unknown, um, especially if you've kind of had your heart broken about something. But if- and it's so important, I think, when um, that almost like that doesn't invalidate what the kid's feeling and the disappointment. Um, and I don't think they give a shit about you know, your, your, your sympathy at that point, mm. you know, it's mm-hmm. like, fuck sympathy. I wanted what I wanted, you know, yeah. um, it's like, well, I wonder what, what, what will happen next. I wonder where, you know, giving it some time, you know, I know this sucks. I'm gonna let you have this space. It would suck for me. And then going back and uh, talking about I wonder what'll happen next. I wonder where you might think about doing now. Yeah. Yeah. And being the, and you're kind of, and, and if you can bring your own kind of genuine curiosity to that, like overlook your own heartbreak that your kid didn't get picked for X, Y, or Z or That's right. X team. And like, if you can get over your own and kind of that's right. Put that. I wonder where they rejected my kid. They rejected me. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I. I mean, th- one of the things that I thought made this book so interesting, and I don't think this is particularly pertinent to kids, but it, for for adults who might want to read this, I. She does use the the Dante's Divine Comedy as the kind of breadcrumbs through the book and and how how uh that book structures itself and so it's a it's a great device and i have not read the divine comedy myself because 
I went to a state school in Mississippi. <laughs> um, now, now, I know, now. I know. I'm not going to talk smack about Ole Miss, but um, but I have not read it, and it did make me want to go read it. I've heard, you know, about the seven circles of hell and everything, but I want to go back and read it because it is a classic hero's journey, and that's really what she's kind of framing this whole way of integrity is like you really do because you're gonna if you if you really do try to lead your life more in alignment with who you are and what feels right to you and the place that you really want to go you're gonna encounter a lot of pushback either from society or your family or your friends um so she uses that as kind of the frame for getting through all the dark wood of error and so forth from that book. But so it, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a not complicated book, but there's a lot of great exercises and a lot of great ahas for me. Um, Cause I feel like this is just my life's work is <laughs> my whole life has been trying to figure out what my, my uh, way of integrity is. Um, And the thing that I thought, there's two things that I thought came out of it that I think might be interesting for kids besides what we've already talked about was one of her things is about external teachers versus internal, listening to your internal teacher. Mm -hmm. And, um, And she does talk about how you'll meet teachers along the way outside of yourself, either people or books that may seem like this is not at all relevant to my life or this person is weird or this idea is weird, but it does end up kind of putting you in a different place. And like, if you, if you open are open-minded and listen to it. Inoculating um, you. (laughs) Well, and I was, and it made me think about you, Jerome, because you know, you are a different kind of therapist. You are a truth teller, a straight talker. Um, And I would imagine some people come to you, maybe they know about how, how you work with patients, but it is not the norm. And I can imagine that some people it's kind of shaken them up and maybe like, I don't know if this is for me, but then obviously you've got a thriving practice. So you're maybe a different kind of teacher than people expect from going into therapy. Um, and maybe I'm just making a bunch of noise and I'm not talking straight talk to anybody that I don't really respect and care for. And I really just happen to love a lot of folks that I see and, um, they really do appeal to me in some way or another. And I just, and so I think, you know, um, people remember, the way that people learn or their view of the world is based on how they are treated, not on what they are told. So they might hear what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. like wrapped up in like just feeling good about themselves in the moment because they're talking to somebody that genuinely um, unquestionably (laughs) cares about them. Well, but you also challenge people, I think, um, in a good way. And I, and I guess what I'm saying is I think that people, some people may go to therapy, like just, they want to talk 
for an hour. They want somebody to listen to them for an hour and then they come in to see you and you, you do not give them that ease. Like you shake things up and somebody might not think that that's what they need, but it is exactly what they need. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm shaking it up, it's not because it's what I believe. I think it's like making sure that they're looking at it from different perspectives. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's, it's psychodrama for me to take the voice of maybe the other partner and push back. Right. Um, And I just have to say, you know, I know this isn't Father's Day, this is Mother's Day, but when my dad, when one time I went home and told my dad something, you know, about how I felt around him and that I didn't really feel safe talking to him sometimes. And because that's what my therapist and I had discussed. And he said, and I feel the same goddamn way about you. And I was like, oh, oh, shit, you can have feelings. You can say something (laughs) back. (laughs) You don't have to just absorb my discomfort. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, man, that was such good stuff. And I just think about, you know, how people really, you know, it's that's the shakeup that I got in that moment. But it would be a great shakeup, too, to. You know, I, you know, one time I had a therapist that said, you think your shit is special? <laughs> you mm. know, it's just like, oh, um, yeah, and, and that was twofold. You're not the only one. Right. And, you know, you're not alone in your, in your suffering. And two, like, don't think you've got the corner on the market of like, you know, shit. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. There is. I mean, there, there's an ego aspect, I think, a lot of times with the suffering, you know, like, oh, I've suffered more. Like, there's, it's somehow putting yourself a little bit on a pedestal mm. and taking yes. you out of, the, of the, the, the glorious sea of humanity that we yes. all are in. Yes, yes. I know every time I think of something, every time I think of something, and I Google it, it's already been thought of. <laughs> <laughs> Every freaking time. Never fails. <laughs> you are not a unicorn. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But, you know, when you're talking, though, about young kids, wouldn't it be something to, you know, you know, it's just like you said, being yourself, being true to yourself and also being popular because that's important too. And like, how do you talk to a kid? Like, you know, you know, that sounds like that's not what you really want to do. But you're going along to get along. Um, Just as long as you know what you're getting out of it. Mm. Um, Like, I wonder if a kid can handle that conversation. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that to me was the most interesting in terms of, again, bringing this to the kid level. Like Martha talks a lot about no, no outside teacher, no book, no guru will be as an as accurate about your life as your own 
soul's teacher. She called it like whatever is inside. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, I, and again, I don't know how to do this. Um, but I do, if you can teach a kid, even in the midst of trying to fit in and all those things, trying to be cool, all the things that all the decisions they're weighing, teaching them how, if you just listen to that kind of that gut feeling, learning to listen to your gut and kind of think about what you really want, even if you don't act on it, like even making a decision, okay, I know this is not quite feeling right, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway, because this is what everyone else is doing. And that's what I want to do right now. Like even that to me feels better than not even trying to figure out what's going on inside of you and feeling the stickiness of that. Well, um, that is a great idea. Like, I wonder how many people have conversations with their kids about listening to their internal instincts. You know, I, I know that a lot of people are raised to listen to God or to pray for an answer. But mm. like, like, but that that seven year old or the thirteen year old that's listening to their gut, you know, like just reminding them that that's an option. That would be some. I I I don't know if that's what parents do, but that I think that that would be a smart thing to do for your kid. And one time I was carrying your kid on my back, and I was getting pretty tired, and she said to me like, "Okay, then." Um, just take a deep breath and focus on, (laughs) I don't even remember exactly what she said, but she was like telling me like how to like distract myself from the strain of carrying her on my back. (laughs) And I'm just like, what the hell? How the hell does she know this? (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Oh my gosh. I, it's either really, um, astute or very manipulative i'm not sure <laughs> which. or athletics what do you mean like oh like the, in stud like having a coach tell her that right right mm-hmm. and she's generalizing it to life which <laughs> well, that's is good. why i think sports are great for kids yeah i agree well i mean i think this i do think there's i mean like a lot of the things we talk about on this show like I don't think this is something that, again, kids are going to get right off the bat or do every time. But if we as parents can talk to them every so often, whatever the the cadence is, and kind of teach them about, like, I don't know, what does your gut say today about this thing? I mean, that's all you have to say. Again, they may not do anything with it. But it's that building that vocabulary and that way of seeing themselves and just and feeling the power of yourself. I mean, again, kids these days are different than we were raised, but I just I was never given any feeling that I had a good idea about my life at all. (laughs) Like Mm. the fact that I would have any instinct about what was right for me? Like, no, it was always determined for me by other people. And Mm -hmm. there's, I mean, 
it's taken a I, long I, time. I, I have to say that I did get a lot of that. You know, my dad was had some of that hippie in him. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did get told, you know, to listen to my own powers. <laughs> oh, really? Was that the oh, language? Yeah. 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 And what did you think that how did what did you think that meant? Um, just paying it. I think I still do it. I really do think I was introduced to like, you know, paying attention to how I felt about things mm. and, um, especially in assessing how I was experiencing other people around me. Mm. And I, I, and I, I mean, I know for a fact that my parents did that. So they taught you that. And do you think they really meant that specifically for assessing your situation with other people or did it go beyond that? I think it was mostly about assessing my situation around other people. And um, yeah, I, that's the part that I remember mostly, you know, because that's what's so important to a kid. Yeah. Like how you relate to others. Yeah. How you fit in. Right. The belonging, like we've right. talked about a lot on this show. They might have meant it in terms of like doing what you want to do. Um, uh, but I remember in terms of like, you know, you can you can feel, um, you can tell what's going on with other people if you just, you can feel it in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the feeling, I mean, that's, I'm glad you brought no, no, that. No, that's the conversation that I remember with my dad and mom, you know? Wow. Yeah. Well, I think that feeling part is important, but especially mm-hmm. for kids, because, you know, look inside yourself, like all that may be abstract and even the feeling could be abstract, but you really can, if you focus, you can feel whether you're heart's beating fast, whether you're short of breath or whether Mm -hmm. you're relaxed. And that's something. And that to me is also, I mean, beyond just the, how it's helping you make decisions, just learning and paying attention to how you feel is just, oh, what a gift that would have been for me to have learned that earlier on. Or just the gift of like, not having to, you know, you're talking to a 17, uh, to a black kid, you know, um, like if you are a delightful blonde white kid, you might not have to worry about, and nobody's going to put that on their kid. You know, it's just like, have a good time. Right. Take the ball. Make it right. a. Different conversations for different right, right. kids. Well, but I think. I think of the other level too, though, is. Like, not only how you feel, but, like, teaching your kid to, like, you can know what is true for you and not necessarily act on it. You know, um, you know um, that just because you s- see the truth doesn't mean that you got to call it out or act on it. Right, right. Not that you're going to lie about it right <laughs> to her right. point but you're you're making decisions but you're conscious you're aware i mm-hmm. think that's the big thing right is to be aware of A what good word what am i getting out of this 
am I being pushed into this? Mm, you know, mm-hmm. um, or like, so that kind of awareness, what am I getting out of this? How is this? Maybe I'm just getting safety out of this. Maybe I don't have the standing to call out the truth. I mean, there's so many young folk that get in trouble for speaking truth. I had a kid a long time ago. I loved him so much. And he was, you know, had to come to the black therapist for, um, because he was um, um, saying things that in the dorm that was racist. And well, he didn't think they were racist, but he was just saying like, you know, you're here on scholarship because of, you know, and oh. like, you know, that, yeah, like he was just speaking truth and, um, and it was not going over. And he <laughs> didn't tell me that at first, that that's why he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came later, but, um, but, you know, he was, he would win in debate. And so he just had that tongue. <laughs> Right, right, <laughs> right, right, and he could just call it like it was, and not knowing that, like, oh, uh, you don't say that. You're not supposed to say that. You know, that's not cool. Yeah, right, right. So, lots to lots when when you don't parent your kids, somebody else will. <laughs> <laughs> someone, yeah, that's if either you don't parent someone will penalize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's either. Uh... That's either good news or bad news, I guess, depending on who's going to take over. And by the way, he was awesome. He taught me so much. He's the kid that at 16 tells me, hey, you need to understand if you're going to be a therapist. um, No, you need to understand something about white men. Um, Two things. Uh, We ask what do we get out of it? And um, is it going to cause me any trouble? He said this at 16? 16. He was already Whoa. in college at Vanderbilt. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Isn't that great? Oh, do you know where he is now? I'm not going to be saying on this oh, okay. podcast, but i tell you one thing. He, you know, he, he turned out all right. He knows I love him. And Actually, he grew me up again, too, because one time he said, um, you know, I was saying, you know, Saturday night, I was thinking about your situation with your family. And he's like, what? Dr. Burt, you were thinking about me on a Saturday night? <laughs> Dude, you need to go get some ass. <laughs> <laughs> It was just like, I'm not thinking about my shit on Saturday night. I hope you have a better life than to be thinking about my shit on a Saturday night. Oh, that's great. I know. It's like it woke me up out of that. You know, that was 20 years ago, very early on in my training where, you know, you're just so, oh, your heart's just like you just that's how people get therapist fatigue. You know, they're just like all just wondering, wondering about. Yeah, just taking it all on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, no, dog. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's great. Well, I well, I want to end this uh, talk about this amazing book um, with kind of the most simplistic, but profound as many profound things are. And her quote is that in 
integrity is the cure for unhappiness. And I'll just read a little bit of what she says. She goes, it sounds so simplistic that there's this one thing that is the cure for all unhappiness. But when you go deep inside yourself and you find what is truest for you, that is the source of your peace, your joy, your happiness, your direction in life. When you move away from what you deeply know to be true and you split from your integrity, so now you're not one thing, but two, the thing you believe and the thing you think you should do, that happiness cannot come through. And all that's necessary to heal that is to find your own truth and begin to live in harmony with it. And all the psychological suffering goes away. And this kind of wraps up the whole book and kind of wraps up all that we've been saying, but it just, um, it just well, kind since of it's Mother's Day. I'm gonna let you have that because you ain't let me say shit behind that, and I'm just like, man, that that's hard to do. <laughs> it is hard to do, right? You know, it's hard to do and stay with your wife or stay mm-hmm. with your job or stay with your party uh, because you voted the party, not the person. Yeah, no, <laughs> I agree with you. It is not easy, like many. Uh, great pieces of advice. They're simple, but not easy. But I think just, again, talking about how to bring this to kids, just having them think about that, like, you're, this is, this is how to live a happier life. If you can do this, not easy, but just again, keeping it in the mind. What do you really want? What is, what is the truest way for you? And keep looking for it and looking for it again, those one degree turns, just keep, Mm -hmm. just keep at it. That's like keeping it in mind, Mm -hmm. self-awareness, don't sleep, know what you're doing. If you're souring the grapes, know that if you're sweetening the lemons, know that. And if you've chosen to tell the truth, know that too. Don't just stumble upon it. that's That's what you're doing. Yes, I love that. Well, I you know, I always have to ask you for our billboard from today. Mm. <laughs> well, sour the grapes, sweeten the lemons, or tell the truth. Mm. Is that too many words or, for our billboard? Or be honest, or just sour the sour grapes, sweet lemons. Sweeten lemons, luscious truth. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That gets that, us to six words. I mean, you, you get it. It's like, you know what you're doing. You made the grapes sweet. You, I mean, you made the grapes. You, you're talking shit about the grapes. You know, you're talking, you're making the mess of the lemons. And, um, and, and it's the, and you're aware of it. So you're aware of the truth. Right. And the luscious truth. I like that word luscious. Mm-hmm. That's what um, they used to call me uh, when I had my Jerry curl. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, luscious. <laughs> well, I I love this book. I, I'm sure I will listen to it again. Um, and you're I do. Mark. I do have a crush on her. I girl crush for sure. Um, And I, and I do think this idea of teaching kids to, to listen to themselves and learn to, 
listen to how they're feeling, even if they don't make the decision that goes with that, they'll be well ahead on that path, the way of integrity path than, um, than we are, or than I am, I should say. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we're here for is to save, save them the many years of self-help book reading and therapy to get them or, farther. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, now, now, you know, when they're hijacked with the crush, <laughs> <laughs> they, that they won't have to dive too deeply into self-improvement. That's when it happens. Yeah. It's like after your crush is ended. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. So many, so many of those moments to come. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll have, yeah, I'm, I'll be curious to see how this podcast evolves as Nora goes into the world of crushes and uh, teenage angst. It's, you really it's on think its way. You really let you talk about that? <laughs> What's that? You really think she's going to allow you to talk about her relationships? No. Oh, God, no. No, I'm going to talk about my angst dealing mm -hmm. with her angst. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll keep y'all informed. Will you just so far, please so pick a boy that will give me inner peace? <laughs> <laughs> or girl, we don't know. Or girl, you know, whatever. <laughs> as long as well, they're Christian. <laughs> it was great always, as always, to talk with you, Jerome, and especially about this um, amazing book. And um, we'll have the information in the show notes as usual too all right be peace be love okay, girl love happy you mother's day love you too thank you bye bye, -bye.